NL West, SD across the chest, youth movement, really dope ex-prospects, Big Willie, leader of the young pups, they hating on us, watching you them jump up, we ain't care, we ain't scared of nobody, the outfield mad skills, lottie dottie, Austin Hedges throwing out everybody, we at the ballpark, every game's a party, ignorance is bliss, so we never trip, if the pitching's up the bar, then watch out for the kids, EBT is out here broadcasting, EBT is out here podcasting, question and answer, James and Patrick, ask them, question and answer, James and Patrick, ask them, Padres EBT Podcast. Padres EBT Podcast. Greetings and welcome to the East Village Times Podcast. I'm your host, James Clark, and with me as usual is Patrick Brewer. What's going on, Patrick? How are you doing today, man? Um, a little hot, but but getting through just fine, James. <laughs> yeah, it's uh it's warm. It is definitely warm. Uh Padres are presently tied up in Philadelphia late in the game. Um at the time that we are I guess that we started this podcast, we were in a little bit of a rain delay. Uh, the team played well in Cleveland. Um, I think a lot of people were kind of surprised, but this team's just going to be that way the whole year. They're going to show moments of greatness, and they're going to show moments of futility. Um, wouldn't you say, Patrick? Yeah, we, I mean, we can't really expect them to do well against teams like the Indians, but um, when, when they do do well, I don't think we should be too surprised because, I mean... Bad teams always overachieve in certain situations, so I, I wouldn't take too much of it. Yeah, no, in, in with the young players kind of uh, blossoming and, and getting better, if you will, it's it's bound to happen uh, that we'll take some series here and there, and, and uh, hopefully the team progresses. I, I know a lot of people want to want to go for that high draft pick and want to talk about the tank, but at this point, I think Andy Green and the upper management is looking for progression from from the young players and and just uh, getting better at their their craft, if you will. Yeah, when you got about probably like half the team is either rookies or guys in the first couple of years of their careers. I mean, it's all about learning and figuring out how to be a major leaguer, and I think they're doing a good job of that so far. So just hoping the development continues uh, throughout the next three or four months. For sure, uh, it was nice to see uh, Trevor Cahill come back and uh, have a successful uh, outing. Uh, hopefully, build up some trade value. Uh, let's talk a little bit about the right-hander and um, what ultimately his value is right now uh, on the open market as far as trade value. Yeah, I think his his value obviously took a hit um, with the injury, so he's got what three weeks here to come back and and kind of show maybe to a playoff contender that he can be a, a pitcher to help them down the stretch. Um, I don't think you look at him as a guy that's really going to start a playoff game, maybe like a four starter, but I'm not sure he's built up enough goodwill with eight good starts this year and, and 45 innings to, to be anything more than a guy down the stretch to, to lengthen out the rotation and, and help out in the back end. Um, yeah. With that being said, he, he's striking out got to pull up his numbers here. He's striking out nearly 30% of batters, um, not walking too many batters. Uh, his FIP is below 3, ERA below 3, XFIP is just above 3. So he's been pretty consistent in all those regards. Um, I think he's, if not the highest war on the Padres, I think he's near the top at 1.2, which is uh, sad in its own right. But <laughs> um, he's actually experienced a, a higher BABIP than he had last year with the Cubs. I mean, that was a relief role, so... There's some obviously some variance there, so he actually could get even better if he cuts down the walks a little bit, um, gets a little bit better luck on balls in play. I mean, he's about he's at about league average with a 304 
BABIP, but last year he rocked a 246 BABIP, so um, I think there's actually room for improvement there. Um, he's keeping home run balls down. Uh, ground ball rate is a little higher than it has been in years past. Yeah, he's he's been a, he's been a surprising uh, asset for the Padres here, and if he can string, uh, let's say, three good starts together in the next in the next uh, two weeks, um, I, I think we could have a serious conversation about a guy that could be traded. And I, I'm not saying he's going to be traded for a top hundred prospect, but if he can be traded for a, a C or B minus prospect, I think that's a pretty good value for a guy signed on a one year deal, just kind of on a whim. Yeah, no, I, I agree. He's a uh... It's nice to see that he is striking batters out, and, and uh, I don't think we should expect the world for him. But um, in the same regard, he's a he's shown that he's a decent, uh, reliable pitcher, and uh, you know maybe AJ Preller can package him with someone and, and get a pretty decent return. So um, it's interesting to see uh, how well he performs over the next uh, three to five starts, and, and you know hopefully he can build up that value because uh, at this point the Padres need to get as much returns as they can in in hopes to, uh, of building a a winning team towards 2018 and 19 and beyond and, and you know 2017 is is already over um it's pretty obvious that, that the team is built for the future and at this point they're going to try to maximize what they can out of, out of veteran players and, and Trevor Cahill is definitely uh, on the top of that list and that conversation turned depressing rather quickly. <laughs> yeah, I know. Is it is it my my uh, my tone right now? I, I'm sorry. I'm not uh, I'm not very upbeat right now. But uh, let's 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 move to the little things that are are more positive. You know, it, 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 we can't sit here and, and cry about losing Brad Hand and, and Trevor Cahill and uh, Solarte if that happens. We, we need to focus on the future. And uh, one young man who's played pretty well since Solarte's been out is is Carlos Oswahe and. Uh, Let's talk about that young lefty. Uh, he seems to be buried in, in the second base depth that the Padres presently have, but he's shown that he has the ability to, at the very least, get a shot uh, to play every day in the major league. So, um, give me your thoughts on, on Aswahi and, and what you've seen from him. Uh, I just, I mean, he's been doing well over the last week or two. I just can't find myself getting excited about him. I mean, there's just so much there that that's not to like. I guess. Um, He's obviously been hitting well. He's been putting bat on ball. Um, in the minor leagues, he was known for high walk rates and uh, low strike strikeout rates. Uh, so far in the big leagues, he's kind of the walk rates. I think about six percent. Uh, yeah, just high of seven percent. Strikeout rate is about twenty-two percent. So he's kind of taken the other direction. Um, this is a guy who hits for no power. Um, his ISO is .049, which is <laughs> near the bottom of the league if you put everyone all together. Um, Babbip's over 400, so he's obviously had some good luck on balls in play. Um, even with all the success he's had, he's still only a league average bat at, at a, a WRC plus of 100. So uh, I'm just not going to get so excited about him. I still think he's going to be a great utility player one day. I think he's a guy that can go out the bench and do a lot of things and provide value for your team. He's a great base runner. Um, the defense is, is not, not great. It's a below average, but it's not um, it's passable, I guess you could say, at second. Um, yeah, so... I, I'm not really going to get too excited. I think his batting average is 317 right now. Um, his expected batting average, uh, which is a, a stat from Baseball Savant, that takes into account um, quality of contact. Um, he's about 100. He should be about 100 points lower from what he's at. So the expected batting average is, is 232. So there's obviously some some problem there, some discrepancy. Um, so I, I think it has to do with his Babbitt being so high, and he's not hitting for a lot of power. Um, he doesn't hit the ball particularly hard most of the time. I mean, he does make some good contact, but 
his contact rates aren't really skewing towards hard contact most of the time. So um, I think he's he's a decent package. Um, he's making a lot of medium contact. I think he's a guy that can provide value to the team. I, I just don't think it's going to be as an everyday player. Um, I think he has a similar profile to Luis Arias, although Luis Arias' hit tool is probably a lot better than Asuaje's. So I think that kind of puts him on the back burner a bit. As you said, he's kind of buried on the, on the second day, second base step chart. Um, sorry to kind of go long-winded with that, but <laughs> had a lot to No, say. I'm... You, you, you know, you, it's it's true. I mean, Aswahi's not someone to drool over. He's not a five-tool prospect by any means. He, you know, he's not going to save the Padres. But uh, I like what I see from the young man. He's a little bit older on, uh, as far as prospects. I believe, what is he, 25, Patrick, something like that. Um, you know, he's a player that interests me as far as utility down the road and, and possibly someone that someone – uh, another team might have interest in, um, you know, as a, as a fill-in at second base. Uh, left-handed bat, you know, probably a number two hitter or a number seven, eight hitter in, in your lineup. Um, he, Like I say, he's not going to set the world on fire. But he, being that he's probably the number four return from the Craig Kimbrell uh, deal, it's still a, a pretty decent player. Yeah, if you can get three big leaguers out of that deal and – who knows what Javier Guerra is going to be? Maybe four big leaguers. I think that's a good deal. Um, yeah, I'm not going. To, yeah, I'm not going to get overly excited about why. But like I said, I think he can be a valuable utility player. I'm just not sold on a, on a everyday player type of ceiling, and I think that's fine. If he's not that, that's cool. We have Margot, who's an everyday type of player, and Logan Allen, who very well could be a mid rotation starter. So if those two guys pan out, um, I think you take whatever you can get with Aswahe and Guerra, and that's a good deal regardless. Yeah, no, it's definitely fair, and, and we'll just have to to see uh, what we what else we can see from this young man. Uh, uh, Solarte should be back uh, relatively soon. I know um, abstrains are, are usually pretty taxing and take a long uh, time to return from. Um, let's move over to talk a, a little bit about Will Myers because um, wow. we just we we haven't bashed him enough recently. So let's go ahead. Let's go ahead and, and uh, let's talk a little bit more about Myers. I, the, the troubling season kind of continues. Um, Andy Green had him batting leadoff today, which interests me because I, I really wonder if Myers is, is a number three or four hitter in, in, in all reality and, and perhaps putting him in the, in those spots is, is making him press too much. Um, you know, give me, give me some more thoughts on Myers. I, I know you've, uh, you're very opinionated on the, on the young man. Um, yeah, I will cut him some slack. He's three for four to nine with a double. Um, mm-hmm. Maybe batting leadoff fixed him. No, I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah, but I like to see him. I'd like to see him stay in the leadoff role. Just like, roll with it, see what happens. I mean, at this point, uh, I think he was like one for his last 15 before batting leadoff. So I, I say just just make the change, stick with it, uh, see how he rolls with it. Um, yeah, he just has not been good. I wrote a, I wrote a little bit about him this morning in, in the advanced stat Friday piece. Um, yeah, it's just it hasn't been a great return so far this year. I mean, his, his WRC plus is down from last year. Um, he's been worth only .4 WAR. I know some people don't care about WAR. That's fine. Uh, batting average is down. On base percentage is down. Slugging slightly up. But just overall, he hasn't been the same offensive threat. And I know some people think it's because Matt Kemp's not in the lineup, which that's debatable. Um, <laughs> but either way, his, his strikeout rate has increased pretty significantly. And like you said, I think he's pressing a lot. And I just don't – I'm just not ready to sit here and say that if the Potters had, I don't know, Freddie Freeman batting behind him, I don't know if that, that would make him better. I mean, 
based on what I've seen from him, his at-bats, he just, he's not putting together good at-bats, he's not showing good plate discipline, he's not showing really anything, and I don't think that having someone batting behind him is really going to change his own approach. I mean, he's getting the same number of pitches in, in the zone as he was all of last year. I mean, his zone percentage last year, I believe, let me pull it up, um, his zone percentage last year was 42.7, his zone percentage this year is 42.7, and that basically just measures pitches in the zone. Um, he's mm-hmm. actually getting more first pitch strikes than he was last year. Um, his contact rate has fallen by 8%. Um, his swing his swing rate has actually increased by almost 4%. He's, his swing percent on pitches outside of the zone has increased by 3%. So yeah, I mean, he's like you said, he's pressing. And I've written about it several times, and I, I've tried to kind of dive into the stats and figure out some way to fix him, per se, but I, I don't know if there's a way yeah. to really fix him. And I don't know if it's going to take Moving him down in the lineup, perhaps, or maybe leadoff works for him. Uh, maybe people are right. Maybe he does need someone else in the lineup. Maybe it's a psychological thing. I, I don't think a good player should have that sort of psychological problem where they can't bat in the lineup without someone behind them. I mean, he's getting pitches to hit. It's just he's, he's swinging through a lot of fastballs, and I don't think you can really make the argument that he's not getting pitches to hit because, like I said, he's getting just as many pitches in the zone as he was last year. He's getting more first-pitch strikes than he was last year. So those arguments mm-hmm. just don't really hold water at this point, so I don't really know what else to make of this, or what else to really say on the issue, but hopefully bat and leadoff works out for him. We'll see how it plays out. Yeah, it's uh, it's troubling to see him give away at bats from time to time. You, you definitely don't want to see that from your number three or four hitters, uh, you know, the, the hitters that you depend on to drive in runs and produce runs. Um, it looks to me like he's guessing from time to time. I'll see him up there taking a fastball right down the middle for strike three and, and kind of just walking across the plate before the umpire even rings him up, just knowing that, you know, hey, you caught me guessing on an off-speed and you just threw a fastball down the middle. And that's not a kind of approach that you want to have. Uh, you don't want to look off-speed with two strikes. And it, it's it's a, it, to me, it's all mental with him because I see him scolding the ball and, and lining out at people. And you say, I mean, you bring up the advanced stats on him. Um, he's seeing the same amount of strikes. He, he's, he's getting his opportunity to hit. They're not pitching around him. Um, so it's it's about adjustments for him. And, and the game of baseball is funny. You know, he could have a, a scolding hot July and August, and no one will even really talk about this for the rest of the season. You know, in fact, you could have a hot July and no one will even talk about this for the rest of the season. It's about consistency, and he lacks that right now, but he's still very young, and this is his second full season. So I'm going to cut him some slack. I'm hoping that he figures it out. Defensively, he's already looked lights, you know, 180-degree difference at first defensively, and I'm definitely pleased with that. I've heard reports that he's put in the extra effort at first to, to amend his issues there. So you, you got to figure that once he gets his mindset in the right, the right frame of mind, if you will, then, then he should produce, but it, it's still frustrating being that, uh, Padre fans know that, that he's, uh, the face of the franchise and they, they want to see him as the all-star representative. And, and you know, Brad Hens a, a great representative, but, Will Myers is who the Padres and the Padre fans want to see in Miami, and unfortunately, he's not going to be there. Yeah, I think it's worth noting, though, that his all his batted ball numbers are, are better this year than last year. I mean, he's making 
hard contact yeah. 10% more of the time than he was last year. Um, mm-hmm. He's hitting 7% less ground balls. His fly ball rate has jumped over 40%. Um, his ground ball to fly ball ratio has fallen, obviously, because both of those have changed. So he's making better contact. He's making line drive contact, fly ball contact. He's hitting the ball hard. It's just the strikeouts have been so frequent that he's not being able to, to utilize um, that batted ball profile as much. And also something worth noting that I don't think people really look at very often is he's hitting more infield flies by a big margin than he was last year. His his rate last year was 6%. His career rate's just shy of 10 He's hit 16% infield flies this year. So wow. that's a pretty significant jump up. Um, mm-hmm. Almost half of his fly balls are infield flies. So that's obviously not a good development. You don't want a guy popping up, getting under balls like that. Um, it shows that he's being fooled by pitches which kind of mm-hmm. goes along with his, his swinging strike rate, which has taken a rather significant jump this year as well. Um, last year it was 8%. How, this year it's 12 um, so how, yeah. How, how is his launch angle? Has his launch angle changed at all from last year to this year? Um, I don't have the numbers in front of me. I have his current launch angle, but I don't have his launch angle okay. last year. Okay. His current launch okay. angle is just over 20. Um, if you give me a minute, I can query it real quick. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now, you know, it, it's interesting that he's popping up a little more, but it's it's also fascinating that he's making a lot of hard contact because we are seeing that. It's just – it's the strikeouts. It's, it's the pitches that he's taking down the middle. It's the whether it be a fastball or, or slider or curve in the zone that as a number three or four production-type hitter, you, you want to see that player – you know, turn on those pitches and and drive them, and not just take them. And I think that's once he learns to do that, the batting average will improve, the strikeouts will improve, and, and uh, Padre fans should be a little more, uh, you know, a little more happy with what they get from from Will Myers. Yeah, I think it's just all about the contact for him, and once he puts the ball in play. Um, yeah, exactly. I just pulled up last year, and it says launch angle was ten degrees. So wow, uh, his launch angle doubled. Okay, I well, think that's, that's interesting. That shows you why, at least in the first month of the year, he was kind of selling out for power more. You saw his ISO was significantly higher. His ISO's um, just slightly higher than last year, given the last like month or so he's hit more ground balls and it's kind of taken a dive. Hmm. Um, but yeah, he's he's making more authoritative contact. Um, he's selling out more for kind of he's kind of jumping into the fly ball revolution. Um, yeah. He's hitting the ball harder when he does put it in the air. Yeah, his ISO last year was 202. This year is 215, so a slight jump up. Uh, I think his, I think the first month his ISO was probably up over 300. I'd have to um, grab that real quick. One sec. Yeah. No, it's, it's definitely interesting to see that his launch angles increased. I mean, that is the big revolution, it seems, in Major League Baseball. A lot of uh, players are, are improving their launch angle. I mean, look what it's done uh, for Daniel Murphy, for example, from from the Nationals. I mean, once you start to put the ball in play and start to hit the ball in the air, good things happen, and, and balls start to fall in, and, and uh, you know, ground balls start to turn into top-end base hits over the infield. And uh, I think Spangenberg is, is a prime example of that. I mean, look at how well he's starting to drive the ball now. It's, it's, uh, it's pretty impressive. Yeah, uh, Myers ISO was at, was at 283 for March. It fell to 160. Or sorry, March slash April. They put them together, mm. even though the season didn't start in March, obviously. Um, hmm. 163 in May, 212 in June, and now it's at 067 for July. And he struck out in two thirds of his at bats so far this month. Wow. Negative uh, 57 WRC plus. That's good stuff. <laughs> wow. Well, you know, um, there's there's definitely still issues that need to be worked out. Um, yeah, we could have a whole 
podcast just about Will Myers. I mean, he's just a conundrum at this point. I, I can't figure it out for as as much as I try. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's uh, it's definitely interesting. Um, okay, we're going to take a little break right now, and then we will be back with our stat segment uh, in which Patrick will educate us upon, uh, on sprint speed. Uh, right, Patrick? Yes, sir. Okay, uh, stay with us, folks. Uh, we shall return. Hi, this is Cal Quantrill, and you're listening to the East Village Times Podcast. The East Village Times Podcast is sponsored by Original Grain Watches, a local company out of San Diego, formed in 2013. Check them out at OriginalGrain.com. Welcome back, folks, to episode 48 of the Padres EVT Podcast, sponsored by Original Grain Watches. Uh, we are going to go into a little bit of a stat segment right now, which is kind of a a thing that Patrick and I do when we have a solo show without a guest. Um, this week, uh, or this episode, we are going to talk about sprint speed, which uh, the Padres have kind of been, uh, uh, I don't want to say featured in, but uh, Patrick wrote a little bit about it. Um, educate the fans about sprint speed, um, Patrick, and, and uh, tell us a little bit about how the Padres have, have made news in that regard. Uh, yeah, so the guys over at uh, MLB Advanced Media came out with a new metric uh, last week called sprint speed. Uh, it's basically using StatCast to measure um, how fast the player is. and it, it, They're measuring the fastest one-second window, so basically like full acceleration, max effort, um, how fast that player is in terms of feet per second. Um, they released the leaderboard, I think it was early last week, if I remember correctly. I read about it last Friday. Um, the Potters are featured well there. They're actually the fastest team in baseball by this metric, which... Some, it's some to do with talent and some to do with age, simply because they have the youngest team in baseball, so a lot of these guys have fresher legs. And yeah. obviously sprint speed is heavily, heavily correlated to age. Um, as you get older, the sprint speed will fall. Um, so, yeah, just just measuring how fast each player is in that short window. Um, just about every Padres player is above average, at least every irregular. The only guys that aren't are Solarte, who falls just below average for uh, – second baseman, and then Austin Hedges is below average, although for a catcher, he's actually above average, so really Solarte is the only guy that's really, I guess you could say slow, I mean, he, he is called Slow Arte, so fair enough. Yeah. Um, but yeah, Renfro is above league average, Manuel Margot and Franchi Cordero are both two of the fastest players in baseball, both run at a speed of over 29 feet per second, which is considered elite. Um, Perella and Cordoba both rate out well in this. Even Eric Ibar, who's, I think, 34, he rates out pretty well. Um, he's slow for the average shortstop, but he's still above average for the league. Um, Ryan Schimp was rated well in this. Corey Spangenberg. Will Myers is the fastest first baseman by over a foot per second because, I mean, he's not really a first baseman. So, to be honest with ourselves there. So, yeah, the Padres yeah. rate well. I, I, Luis, Luis Perdomo is actually the fastest pitcher in baseball. <laughs> Uh, Mike Petriello, who works at he works for MLB. dot uh, com, he wrote a piece about Luis Perdomo a little bit. Um, he beat, yeah, he also wrote a piece featuring the Padres because, as I mentioned, they're the fastest team in baseball. So, yeah, it's a pretty fun stat. It gives you an idea of which players are fast, which players are slow. Um, it's kind of intuitive. I mean, some of the fastest guys in the league are some of the younger guys. Byron Buxton's up there. Obviously, Billy Hamilton's a guy who's known for his speed. Um, Bradley Zimmer just came up. Rum- Ramel Tapia, who just came up for Colorado, both those guys are young. Uh, Frenchy Cordero is actually the fifth fastest runner in all of baseball, although now he's back in the minors, so I guess that doesn't mm-hmm. count as much. Margot, I think, was number 10, if I'm not mistaken. Um, so, yeah. Alan Cordoba, Jose Perel, also a top 30. So, yeah, Potters are well represented here for sure. 
it helps to be young. Um, as I know, it helps to be young. <laughs> yeah, no, it's 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 nice to see that they're uh, they have some assets that uh, that can kind of take over a game and, and change things. I'm sure Austin Hedges um, representing the catching department kind of uh, sways things in the Padres um, Padres way because he's he's pretty decent uh, speed for a catcher. Uh, you know, it, the stats, that stuff just, it really blows my mind, all, all the stuff that they figure out. Um, was the speed factored in, like, f- from, like, first to third, first to home, second to home, stuff like that? Was that also uh, calculated uh, in determining these uh, speed numbers? Uh, I'm not sure. I think they do um, time to first. I'm not sure. I, they might, they might uh, measure it just in general. I am not sure okay. on that. Yeah, I didn't know. If, I didn't know if they had them out there in, uh, you know, stopwatches doing forty-yard dashes or, or ex- exactly how they measured uh, well, they use stack the speed. Pass, so stack okay, pass okay, okay. Kind of measures the players. So I'm not sure okay. if it's like first to second or home to first or where they actually. I think it's actually anywhere on the base pass, just fastest general speed. Um, okay. They do measure. They have a lot of proprietary information that they don't really share with the public. So I'm sure they do measure like first to third, first to second. Second to home, all those sort of times. Um, if you look at Statcast, they do they do Statcast videos on MLB.com. Um, they'll measure a guy's speed, like an inside the park home run. They'll do like a home to home to home time or first to third time for a guy running first to third. So yeah, they, they do do different measurements of speed. Um, nice. Oh, Potter's just got the win. Yeah, I was just uh, perfect segue. Uh, Brandon Mauer just blew away uh, Freddie Galvez with a hundred mile per hour fastball. Uh, the Padres bullpen has just been lights out recently. Well, except for today. <laughs> well, I mean, little hiccups happen here and there for sure. Maton got a little roughed up a little bit, but you know, let's talk about the success from this bullpen, and uh, in particular, how much of it is going to be uh, torn down in the next few weeks. Yeah, I wrote a little bit about this uh, today in the advanced stat uh, Friday segment on the site. Um, yeah, pretty much everyone's been solid. Um, Brad Hand's been his usual self. Um, Kirby Yates has been solid. Brandon Maurer has been solid. Um, Phil Maton has continued, except for obviously the hiccup today, he's continued to pitch well uh, in recent weeks. So yeah, as a unit, they've been like shut down. I mean, the Cleveland series, those first two games, I think they threw, I think it was like seven or eight innings and they gave up like two hits total. They were just looking crazy good. Um... I'm pulling up the stats right now for the last few weeks uh, to get a better idea of where they've been. No, they've they've been impressive and, and at the right time too, because uh, the bullpen is usually what people uh, or teams try to address this time of year because you can never have enough quality arms, and, and especially being that the Padres have two pretty valuable left-handers in the bullpen and Hand and, and Buckter, I would think that. Uh, AJ Pearl is pretty going to be pretty busy the next couple of weeks uh, with late night phone calls and such. Yeah, so over the last uh, 14 days, Kirby Yates has pitched five and a third innings, given up two hits, no runs, struck out eight. Brad Hands pitched six innings, given up three hits, no runs, struck out eight. Brian Bookter's pitched five and two thirds, given up six hits, one run, eight strikeouts. Phil Maton um, gave up two earned, although that doesn't include today, so his would be four earned um, in five and two thirds, eight strikeouts. Brandon Maurer has given up two earned and five innings pitched, although that's now six innings pitched and four strikeouts, which would be seven strikeouts with today. So, yeah, all around, they've just been solid the last week, week and a half, two weeks. Um, they've just been shutting them down, and uh, it's been fun to watch. And, yeah, it remains to be seen. At least three of three of these guys could be gone. I mean, 
Brad Hand's probably gone. Book during the 8th, I think, should be gone. Um, I don't like holding on relief pitchers. They're very volatile mm-hmm. assets. So if you can get a if you can get a decent price for him, maybe maybe package Book during Yates together for a team like the Nationals who just need all sorts of help, or, or maybe throw one of them in with Hand. Maybe Yates yeah. and Hand could go well together, a righty lefty matchup. I think Brandon Maurer is the one guy that maybe you keep because he's had such an up and down sort of season that the value may not all be, all the way be there. And I, I still believe in Maurer. I think he can be an elite closer if he can work out the kinks. Um, I know some people have question his mental fortitude in that role. Um, I actually disagree with that assessment. I think I think he can handle the role. It's just sometimes hiccups happen, and I think he just needs to work out those hiccups, and he's still getting used to being a closer. So um, I still yeah. have faith in him, and we'll see how he continues to improve going forward. But yeah, I think Han's gone. Yates maybe should be gone. Bookter. Bookter's been a weird case, man. Every time I look at my – every time I update my stats, I just look at Bookter like, why is he so weird? I mean, he's got yeah. – He's got the one. I think the best soft contact rate of any Padres pitcher. Um, uh, yeah, he's he's been weird. Like I don't really know how to measure him. I mean, he's given up a lot of he he gives up a lot of fly balls, which can obviously be hit or miss. Um, his FIP and XFIP are kind of are both kind of high, but the soft contact rate is high. He strikes out a lot of batters. Um, he's gotten the walks more under control as of late. I know he had some problems earlier in the year with like coming in and walking three batters. Uh, never a good look. So yeah, he's he's a guy that's very interesting. His FIP and XFIP don't like him as much as the ERA de- does. Um, his home run fly ball rate's a little high. The ground ball rate's maybe alarmingly low. He gets up a lot of fly balls, which kind of plays into the home runs. But yeah, I think he's a guy that has some value uh, for a team that are left-handed reliever, and, and those are in short supply, and, and teams really like to have that kind of left-handed weapon to get lefties out. Yeah, I... I... I think you you made an excellent point about Brandon Maurer. I, I don't think that the Padres at this point are going to deal him unless they get a real attractive offer. He he's still very young. He's still uh, under team control for the next two years, and it seems like he's getting better. I mean, we hadn't seen triple digits from him typically in the past two years, and he's kind of hitting that regularly now, and that's pretty exciting. You know, when you team that with his excellent off speed stuff, so it, I think that. The future is still bright for him, and unless they're given a, a, an offer that they can't refuse, I, I would uh, agree with your assessment that they're going to keep Maurer. Um, Craig Stammen is another one that I think will probably have some uh, interest here and there. Uh, again, someone who's not going to give you a, a top 30 top prospect uh, by himself, but he could be packaged with someone else, a middle infielder or something, and, and could provide a decent return and, and a decent potential prospect for the team. Yeah, Craig Stammen's another case. Uh, he's kind of a weird one. Um, yeah. He's not really that good by the traditional numbers, but um, XFIP actually likes him a lot, which is kind of weird. Um, yeah. So, yeah, I don't know about him. He's he's a weird case. I think he could fetch a prospect, probably like a, a non-top 30 prospect, I would imagine, or maybe exactly. like a back-in 30, if that. Uh, but yeah, exactly. that being said, I mean, might as well, right? It's another prospect, yeah. another guy to stick in the farm as if they don't have enough guys in the farm. So, yeah. um, I think yeah. the interesting thing, uh, Brandon Maurer's actually, which is weird, he's been a lot better against left-handed batters than right-handed, which I don't really get. I mean, he's getting up a two twenty-two batting average to lefties and a two eighty to righties. So he's hmm. kind of got the reverse splits going there, which a little, little strange. Um, he's actually been awful on the road. That's the main thing with him. He's got a one... Uh, 207 Woba at home and almost 400 Woba on the road. So he's been awful when he's not at home. And I think I think just about all of his blow-ups have been on the road, except for maybe one. So, 
know, yeah, his, his, his numbers his numbers definitely are strange, and, and it seems to be a common thing with Padres. I mean, from from Ryan Schimpf on, on up, the numbers are just bizarre when when you look at the Padres and, and try to figure out what what exactly is is going on. Um, let, let's move on to the minors. Uh, after all, that is that is our future, and uh, there's a lot of thing. There's a lot of uh, reason to be excited excited for the for this young team i mean uh i wrote a piece a couple days ago highlighting um 14 players that have progressed through the system uh i've taken a lot of heat people have coming at me with so and so and so and so and you know there were more than 14 players that i could have wrote in that piece and and those were just 14 that i highlighted i thought i made that (laughs) i thought i made that uh known but um you know there's ty france is having a great year i, I left him off the piece I, I actually was gonna write about him as well as someone who's progressed and when you're in a rebuilding year like we are you have to look at things like that and, and kind of uh get excited about i mean i mean eric lauer last week in, in san antonio and, and the performance that he had obviously we, we we can't expect that every every start out for him but that bodes well to the fact that he might be ready next year, and, and that's that's pretty exciting. Yeah, I mean, it definitely would push up the timetable if some of these guys advance quicker than expected. Uh-huh. Obviously something that no one would complain about. Um, but yeah, I, I think I'm going to give you a shout-out here. You, you read about Michael Bias, and he went out and just dominated in his first start yeah. um, with Fort Wayne. He looked nasty, man. Um, yeah, no, I, I, that, that kid. Is, that kid is really, really he's someone talented. to be excited about. Yeah, he's he's definitely talented. He's a guy. He's got to watch for those who don't maybe keep as close tabs on prospects. He's a guy to keep an eye out for. Um, mm-hmm. I think he's already what twenty one, twenty. So uh, I believe he's twenty. So yes, he's a little he's, older. He's not one of these seventeen year old kids. So he could move no. faster if he can put it together and, and kind of. There's no need to rush him, obviously. But if he can put things together, um, he's a guy that could move and and. With how he performed in his first start in, in full season ball after a couple good showings in the AZL, um, yeah, a lot to be excited about. Um, yeah, there's there's no reason to believe that I don't that he's won't end up in Lake Elsinore at some point this season. I, I really believe that. Um, Definitely possible. Yeah, I, I really do. I mean, he's. He's got some of the easiest gas that I, that I've ever seen from from a young pitcher, and, I, and I've had uh, scouting type people tell me that he's probably the the best right-handed uh, prospect uh, pitching-wise that the Padres have. and I mean, that's over Quantrill and, and, and Espinosa. And that, I mean, that says a lot. Obviously, this, this guy's really high on him, but you know, it, it just, it's just another name that's not really even being talked about and is just going to creep up on people. And it, it's fun uh, talking about this Padres system and the future that they have. Yeah, it really is. And uh, today, actually, Baseball America came out with their updated top 100, or I guess you could say 101. Yeah, um, Padres had six guys, uh, including Fernando Tatis, who jumped in at 101. He's also number 100 on MLB Pipeline, although they have not they've not done a full update yet. He just moved on to there with the promotion. Um, so yeah, Padres have six guys. Cal Quantrill's at 21. He leads the pack. Mackenzie Gore at 31, just drafted. Um, Luis Arias, mm-hmm. 37. Espinosa at 64. He took a bit of a fall. Uh, Adrian Morajon, 85, and then Tatis at 101. So. A lot of good prospects there. Um, all guys except for Arias that uh, Preller has acquired in the last, what, two and a half? Actually, less than two and a half years. Really, like, year yeah. and a half. Um, so, yeah, it's, it's amazing the, the level of talent that has been infused into the system. I mean, you got two draft picks there. 
uh, an international signing, a trade, two trades actually, and then Urias, who was a, a signing for the, the last administration here, what was that, 2013 or 14, I believe? Um, yeah. So yeah, really just stacked system. Uh, I want to talk about Fernando Tatis for a minute. Um, he's homered tonight, he's got a triple tonight, he had a triple last night. Uh, he now leads all Padre top 30 prospects in WRC+. Plus. He's climbed up my leaderboards. Uh, I keep updated stats for all the prospects. Uh, he's sitting on top now with a 134 WRC plus going into tonight, which that's going to jump up a bit. Um, he's kept the strikeout rate at mid 25, which is good. The walk rate mm-hmm. for him is, he doesn't get a lot of credit for his eye, but he's got a walk rate near 11%, which is, which is good for a guy who's hitting for power and, and strikes out a lot still. That, that's good to have. Um, yeah, he's, he's really impressed me lately. And I think he's deserving of being in that back end of the top uh, hundred. I know, Baseball prospectus had him at 22, which I thought was a rather generous uh, listing. But uh, e- either way, this is a top 100 prospect. Uh, he's just going to continue to grow. He's got two, actually two walks tonight to go along with those two hits. Uh, consider me thoroughly impressed. Yeah, no, he's definitely an impressive young man. And it's amazing that he seems to be getting better uh, by the week, by the day, by the month. I mean, it, it's it's really someone that you can build the team around. And, and he's looking like that. Uh, I know it's early to, to dub him uh, Carlos Correa-type player, but he has that ability at shortstop. And, and defensively at shortstop, from the games that I've watched with him at Fort Wayne, he, he can stay at short. He's got enough range. He's got enough arm. He's going to be able to stay at short. And, I you know, I... I can't, I can't say enough good things about him. I mean, I mean, I talked to Brad Zunica earlier this week uh, in in doing an interview uh, that I wrote that that came out today. But uh, we were talking about uh, Tatis, and, and he's really impressed with with that young man, and, and and the fact that he's it's more than just the way he plays the game that he's looking to help other people out and kind of gather all the information that he can and, and soak it up like a sponge. And, and you want that from an 18-year-old. And, and again, this kid is 18 years old. That's It's amazing. It really is. Yeah, I'm, I'm impressed, and I hope he continues to keep it up at this point because he's been a lot of fun to watch. Um, can I just mention that, that Corey Mazzoni, do you remember Corey Mazzoni? Yeah, he's in the AZL League. He's alive, dude. I thought he died. Yeah, they released him, and I saw that uh, he's AZL 1 or 2, one of the two teams he, he got picked up on. Uh, he actually pitched for AZL 2, and I think now he's on AZL 1, which is super confusing. Yeah, there you go. Anyway. He did, boy, I mean, he's, what, 26, 27 years old, 27. playing with a bunch of se- playing with a bunch of 17-year-olds. It's got to be a... He last year. Uh, he was wow. injured most of the year. Uh, remember back in 2015, he, he had, came up with the Padres and just got torched. Gave up 20 runs in, like, eight innings. <laughs> it was really yeah. Cool. He, was was he acquired from the Mets? I think he was the big he was the big haul in the Jose Tre- Jose Torres deal, and it actually turned out Brad Wick is going to be the 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 huge get out of out of the, all the players. Did you I mean, say Jose Torres. Yeah, Alex Torres. My bad. Yeah, I was like, sorry, close. Fix, <laughs> I fixed it. I fixed it. I fixed it. Whatever. I fixed it. I fixed it. I fixed it. <laughs> yeah, Brad. Um, Wick, you don't think about Brad Wick in that trade, but yep, he was there. Brad yeah. Wick. No. In. You know, we talk about we talk about dealing hand and Buckter, and I think Brad Wick is someone who we're going to see eventually uh, this season. I mean, they already progressed him from Double A AA to Triple A, and I, I think uh, it, it's pretty uh, it's pretty safe to say that the, the big uh, big lefty is going to be uh, in the Padre bullpen eventually in 2017. 
Yeah, definitely. And just, just a shout out here, but for those who have uh, minor league baseball TV, it's basically like MLB TV, but for minor leagues, uh, Adrian Morajon is pitching on Sunday. And yes. They're pitching in, he's pitching in Eugene, and Eugene actually is one of the only places that telecasts um, short season ball in, in the Northwest League. So you can watch Adrian Morajon starting on Sunday. That's what I'll be doing on Sunday. So Definitely, uh, definitely. MILB TV is only $40 for the year. It's a great, great value. You get you get all the AAA games, all the AA games, and then you get a sprinkle of, of high A, low A, and, and short season ball. So definitely worth the price. Um, I, I use it just about every day. It's great value. Yeah. No, it's, it's, it is. As we speak, I'm watching uh, Luis Almazar just uh, coming to bat against uh, the Gene Emeralds. So if you want to follow these young Padre prospects, you definitely need to get this uh, this uh, this app, and and I mean it's well worth the money. It paid for itself within the first week for me, as far as I'm concerned, because uh, I'm always on my iPad and on my computer watching uh, minor league telecasts. Yeah. Uh, let's let's uh, let's on, let's move on down to some rapid fire questions before we get out of here. Just uh, uh, just to get us out of here, um, Patrick. Let's talk about Hunter Renfro since we haven't uh, spoke about him. Um, what do you think about this young man? Do you think he's going to be a big league starter uh, in the future, say 10, 10, 15 years down? Well, say 10 years down the road. Is, I don't know an acceptable answer. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Every day I look at this guy's stats, and I just think, man, he he could be such a good player. I mean, the contact he makes, he's, he's making hard contact um, most of the time, really. His, his power's there. Um, he's got a great throwing arm, obviously. The defense leaves some to be desired. Um, but, yeah, he's just frustrating to me because the potential's there and it's just so real. But he has so many problems at the plate with discipline and not swinging it. He's always swinging at pitches low, off-speed pitches out of the zone, or swinging at fastballs high. And if he could cut down on that and, and get his walk rate, if he can get his walk rate up by 5% um, and his, his strikeout rate down by 5%, I think he could be a heck of a ball player. Um, the defense is obviously concerning. It's been shaky this year after... I mean, the minors, he was known as a solid defender, so I'm not sure what's going on there. Maybe just adjusting to big league life, but um, I'm still hopeful. I think he... I, I've said this before, and I'll say it again. I think he's a guy that might take a few years to figure it out. I don't think he's a guy that... He's not Aaron Judge. He's not going to come up and just take set the world on fire. Um, he's got just... I think he's just got shy of 400 plate appearances to his name as a big leaguer, so... Mm-hmm. I think he's a guy who needs a thousand plate appearances, uh, at least two years in the big leagues to kind of figure it out. And if that's if that's what it takes, fine. I mean, he's still only 25. That coincides with the window of contention. If he's ready by 2019, 2020, I think that's fine. Um, yeah, I, I think he's a guy that just needs time to develop, and we need to to give him quite a bit of slack and quite a bit of rope to to figure it out. Yeah, no, I think that's very. It's uh, it's certainly nice to see him make some adjustments. Um, from like April to May and, and uh, increasing his walk rate and stuff, although he did kind of fall back into his issues again in June. But it, it's nice to see him make some adjustments. It's just a matter of, of keep adjusting and, and uh, staying on top of things. The tools are there. He's still young. And, um, you know, I, I think Padre fans, unexp- you know, they – they had the belief that he was going to be a, a number four hitter, a perennial all-star type player, and, and it's probably unfair at this point. I mean, he could blossom into that. It's not likely, but it's possible. But 
uh, you know, you have to, you have, at some point you have to look in the mirror and, and know what you have. And it, Hunter Renfro is a decent ball player and, and, um, we'll just have to hopefully, you know, we'll just have to hope that Andy Green can get, can get uh, the most out of him. All right. Let's talk about Austin Hedges. Uh, two home runs tonight, game winning sacrifice fly. Um, Ooh. is he heating up? I mean, he's, his K, his K rate has risen every month of the season. Um, mm-hmm. His WRC plus has fallen in every month of the season, so he's kind of in a bit of a slump as well. Um, his isolated power has fallen every month. Do you, do you think he's heating up now? Is he a guy that can put it together a strong second half and maybe salvage that season? Um, I think he is heating up, and I think he is heating up as the progression of uh, Luis Torrens takes place. Uh, the Padres are able to trust Torrens a little more now. Um, had just had a little bit of a neck issue. Torrens was able to start back-to-back games. Uh, as a catcher in, in this type of weather, especially the, as hot it is and how muggy it is in the east, he's going to need some time off. He's going to need uh, rest. I mean, yes, he's young, and yes, he wants to start every game and be out there all nine innings. But at some point, you need to look at his production, and, and especially with the bat. And, you know, it, it's, it's. I mean, look at it. He takes two days off. He steps right in, and, and it's two home runs. It's no coincidence. That's catching is, is a hard, hard position to play. And um, as far as him heating up, I, I think that a 250 hitter with around 30 bombs is, is what you're going to get from Hedges as far as upside. Uh, he's not going to be a two, 280, 300 hitter. He's, his K rate is going to be always a, a little inflated, but at the same time, it's all about defense and, and what he provides in that aspect. And then, the pop is is amazing. I mean, anytime you can get a catcher that can put the ball out of the yard, it's a, it's a bonus for the team. Yeah, if he can hit, if he can get his batting average up to two fifty and hit twenty five home runs and, and continue to be one of the two or three best catchers in baseball, I'm fine with that. The problem is he's hitting two twelve and he's only hit eleven home runs before tonight. Now he's up to thirteen, so it's mm-hmm. gonna be close for him in those in that regard. But um, yeah, I think I think he just needs time to develop. Um, I wasn't expecting him to come and hit three hundred this year, so. Fair enough. Yeah, no, it's it's a uh, with like all the Padres, it's about progression, and and hopefully they're able to make that uh, that that step towards uh, the the right direction. Um, Patrick, we talked about this briefly, uh, the Padre bullpen, and uh, in particular Brad Hand. Uh, do you think that he will be the only one dealt uh, before the July trade deadline? Uh, I'm going to go out on a limb and say no. Um, I think, well, I guess that's not really going out on a limb, but uh, <laughs> I would throw Bookter and Yates into that conversation. I think those three will be traded. Um, I can't really see anyone else getting traded. Uh, I thought Solarte might, but don't think that's going to happen now. Yeah. Um, maybe Cahill. I, I still don't know about Cahill. I mean, I think if, if you get, can get any return at all, I think you just take it. Um, guys like Yates and, and Bookter and Hand have more control. So I guess if you're if you're getting lowballed, you might keep those guys. Although, I, I, like I said before, it's 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 sketchy to keep relievers because they're such volatile assets. Um, so yeah, I, I'm gonna put the over under at three. Actually, no, I'll put the over under at two, and I'll take the over. So at least three players will be traded. Okay, you know, it, there'll always there'll probably be some surprise player delta. You know, an, a Swahe or. I, I don't even know some somebody out of Travis Jankowski. I, I don't know someone out of some out of out of nowhere will probably be dealt. Uh, I think three is probably the over under for me because I think AJ is going to be uh, 
working the phones and, and trying to move as many of these elder players as he can. If anyone has any interest, he's going to take a young prospect in, in return. Um, it'll be interesting. All right, so I raised this question a few weeks ago on Twitter. I got some interesting answers. Um, I, I posed the question that if the Padres could only protect one player um, from a expansion draft, which player would be? So I'm going to rephrase it a little bit. If you can only pick one Padre that's currently on the 25-man roster, um, mm-hmm. which player would you select? If you if you can only keep one player and you had to start fresh otherwise. Wow. Um I'm my heart says Will Myers, but I, I think I would take Austin Hedges at this point just because of his defensive prowess and, and the fact that he's so young and the offensive upside is is intriguing to me. I, I, I think you know I think I would probably take Hedges. Margot would also get a quick shout out from me as well. Um, you, you know, you got to have that strength up the middle as far as defense. Okay. Any player in the whole organization, which one would you keep? Wow. <laughs> uh, I know the tough questions here, putting you on the spot. I, I would probably still take Hedges at this point, just since Over he's... this is. in the minors? I want to say Tatis, but, I mean, he's tearing up low A ball. You know, I don't know. It, it that's that's a tough question. It it really is. I, I mean, I, I I don't know. I would probably still, I would probably still keep Hedges to build my team around. Although Tatis is enticing, but again, if, if Tatis was in Double A and doing this, then if he was putting up these numbers and twenty years old, if he was Luis Arias's age and uh, the experience and putting up these type of numbers, oh, then no I would. For Luis then, well, I, I love Luis Arias, but I don't think he's a, a player that you can build your team around. I mean, there's obviously limitations with his with his game. No power, he's, no defense, really. Yeah, the, well, I mean, yeah. yeah, he's he's a great great add-on really. piece. Yeah, I mean, but if you're talking about building your whole team around, Hedges to me has the intangibles that you want. Uh, someone that the pitching staff will rally around someone that can shut down opposing teams running and, and, and rallies around. Yeah. And, and he's a good guy. Uh, the, the power is there. So yeah, exactly. We can hashtag swoon all the time. Master himself, man. I can't really argue with that. Yeah. All right. Well, there you go, folks. Uh, another solo show in the books, episode 48, uh, sponsored by original grain watches. Uh, thank you so much for listening to us. Uh, we had a guest show on schedule last week. Um, had some technical difficulties. Hopefully, we'll be back shortly with that uh, that guest. Uh, if not, we will be back with another uh, wonderful guest talking about Padre baseball because, uh, you know, we just can't get enough of it. Right, Patrick? Uh, yeah, it, it's rough at times, but we definitely can't get enough. Uh, give us a follow. We're on Podbean. Um we're also on Apple Podcasts. You can give us a, a rating review there. Um, I'm on Twitter, Patrick Brew 93 James is EBT underscore news, EBT underscore J Clark, um, EBT podcast as well. That's where our podcast is on Twitter. Uh, give us a follow on all of those if you don't already, although I'm assuming most of you do if you listen to 50 minutes of us talking to each other once a week. <laughs> uh, but yeah, go Padres. <laughs> all right. Thank you, folks. East Village Times Podcast. Signing out. EBT is out here broadcasting. EBT is out here podcasting. 
Question and answer, James and Patrick, ask them. Question and answer, James and Patrick, ask them. Padres EVT Podcast. Padres EVT Podcast.